Welcome to Far North Token. This is episode 165, December 22nd, 2019, with your host, Nick Token. Thank you all for listening. And if you've been listening to this show, you've probably listened to shows before this. Four years. What do we got? 165 episodes. Who knows how much content? Hour a show? 200 hours? Mm. It has been quite the ride. I used to say I got to walk with giants because of my podcast, but you know what? I get high with giants. 2019 was a great year. Tonight, we're going to look back at just some highlights of 2019. How am I going to go through every episode with over 45 shows harvested this year? I had fun listening today, picking out some of my favorites. Let me thank all sponsors of 2019. Top one now, top flagship sponsor, Alaskan Blooms, Chena Cannabis, Aurora Apothecary, token sponsors, Green Dreams Cultivation, Frizen Farms, past sponsors that have kept the machine moving all this time, Good Cannabis, Dab Lab AK, the North Bowl Refinery, Alaska Puffin on the Go, and AK Canna Ed. Thank you guys. Here's Token. 2019, been a great year. Let's go out, hit some Northern Lights, Warner Brothers Cultivation, picked up at Alaskan Blooms. Mm, can't go wrong with Northern Lights, especially in Alaska. Merry Christmas, everyone. Maybe see you out at the Alaskan Blooms New Year's Eve celebration, 6 to 8. It's going to be tough because it's normally a fireworks night for myself and family at UAF. Tradition, you know what we say about tradition. Let's listen to some highlights. Oh, get high too. Yeah, get high. Come on down to Alaskan Blooms for the finest cannabis in Alaska. We've got deals going all week to show appreciation to our wonderful customers just like you. Firstly, all week long, if you spend 50 or more dollars, we'll take $5 off of your purchase of our brand new Alaskan Blooms t-shirts. Start the week off on the right foot. On Munchie Monday, we've got infused candy available from Creative Confections for 25% off. Available in hard or gummy varieties with several flavors to choose from. This Turpy Tuesday, come check out our wide assortment of Red Run products. Everything made by Red Run is 10% off. From hash aids and diamonds to pre-rolls and cartridges, we've got Red Run products for every budget. Wild Wednesday is a great time to save a bit on some bulk bud. All day long, all strains are $1 off per gram. Thirsty Thursday is back again, but this time it's better than ever. If you missed out on hash aids during our Red Run sale on Tuesday, here's your second chance to load up on these uplifting beverages. Buy a six-pack today for $90. That's 50 milligrams of THC in each bottle for only 15 bucks a piece. As usual, get prepared for the weekend on Fire Eater Friday, but this time we've got an even better deal going. Stock up on sodas, hard candy, and marshmallows because they're 25% off. This Shatter Day, we're going big. All Shatter is 25% off. Fireweed Extracts has delivered a few new types made from some of our most popular strains. Choose from Strawberry Dock, Elysium, and Heroana. Finally, CBD Sunday is the perfect time to try our wide assortment of CBD products. Purchase any CBD product and save 10%. We'll also take 20% off if you get two CBD products. Buy any three or more CBD products and you'll save 30%. Thanks for making our holiday season wonderful at Alaskan Blooms. We can't stop, won't stop giving you great deals and the best service. 8 a.m. to midnight, 2443 Arvilla Street, Fairbanks, alaskanblooms.com. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. consciousness like same species so right so in other words when a certain number of us know that collective mind power of all the same species then it's all gonna stop all the bs but you know you still that's that's what baffles me man it baffles me from morning until night i have this thought over and over again these days, I look around in this world and I'm like, wait a minute, <clears throat> I'm 51, dude. Even if I live to 100, I'm only going to live another 49 years, okay? 
every hundred years, everybody that's alive, okay, in a hundred years, everybody that's alive today is going to be dead. Right? Mm-hmm. So how do these fucked up ideas keep getting passed on so easily? Tradition. Don't all these stupid motherfuckers die? Don't we? Don't the dumb ideas die with them? Not if there's tradition. People I mean, think that think it just we have to do it because we did it yesterday. Yeah, it's another monkey experiment. It really is. It boils down to the you know the five monkeys in the cage. They had the five monkeys in the cage, and then they put the, the ladder in the cage, and they hung the bananas up above the banana. And if any of those monkeys went up that ladder to get those bananas, they sprayed them with icy cold water. Until when a monkey would try and go up the banana uh, to get the bananas, the other four monkeys would beat the shit out of it and keep it from getting up there because they didn't want to get sprayed with cold water. Then they stopped with the cold water, took a monkey out, put a fresh monkey in. In two weeks, they had monkeys. They rotated them out in a couple of weeks. They had monkeys that had never been sprayed with cold water but would still beat the shit out of any monkey that tried to go up that fucking ladder for the bananas. They had no reason. They didn't know why, but that was the tradition was to beat the shit out of monkeys that went after the fucking bananas. Okay? And they just keep doing it, not knowing why. Anyone who tries to leave the group, huh? Get them back in. You know. But you know, that's society. Society is the cage, and these old traditions of the hot, or the, or the hot, or the icy cold water, whatever, you know, it is that, that's torturous to you. And the genetic memory of that, I think, lives on. Especially when it comes scream, right? Especially when it comes to yeah, to, to pain and No, actually that was uh, one of my best friends and like I say bro her parents tried too much to keep her and you know, it didn't go well. She she rebelled and wanted to be a punk rocker and start smoking weed. You know, and then she got me and start trying it out and that was it no alcohol for me do you remember do you remember the first time not really people say that they remember i can't actually yeah i do remember i do remember because uh i just remember that everybody knew that i was high of course (laughs) were you around family like older in school with that with my friend you know like i said she said let's go in the back me and another buddy and i'm like what the fuck is that we're smoking cigarettes Oh, you, she just handed it to you. You start passing it around, out. and yeah, you're like, "Oh shit, this don't taste like cigarettes." No, and then you know, I got the immediate. Everybody knows, freaking out. Just some paranoia that uh, she, I got should extremely be doing paranoid, this. but it was worth it though. Didn't get caught. None of that. No, I never got caught by my parents neither. Actually, I got caught by my parents not high, but uh, she found she found a big bag. My mom. When I was in high school, because where I'm from, in Baja, that's where they, uh, you know, they pack it and cross it. So I had a friend in junior high that was trying to be like a little gangster. So he was taking stuff from his, from his friends and uh, from his friends from his family, and he was selling it to us. Mm-hmm. And Just like was skimming the, it from them, and but he wasn't no ounce. I mean, I'm talking about, I bought a fucking kilo from my friend for, uh, he was back in 94, 50 fucking dollars. And he told me, when this crosses the border, this is $500. I'm like, what? And my mom found about a fucking quarter of a pound left of that shit. Of that, the first time you're trying yeah. to be a little gangster too? And yeah. Were you slinging it or just, uh, just smoking it yourself i was slinging it i was smoking it i was the coolest 16 year old <laughs> in the parties you know oh yeah having and i got caught because my i used to hide it It was so stinky that i used to hide it outside of the house and put it on under a pillar under some boards well fucking my mom had the idea to clean that area one day and fucking found that shit oh she probably smelled it though you don't think she was clearing out the house i remember because she had a bunch of shit cleaned up but What's she kicked she me out of the house but I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't leave. <laughs> Dude, I was not proud. Of like, I was not proud like that. I was like, where am I going to live? Where am I going to eat? <coughs> so she kicked me out. I left the house and I came back around 10. Got in my room and <coughs> that was it, you know. But fuck, my dad was in the state. So I was like kind of pretty. I didn't get in too much of a trouble. I did, but not like if my dad would have been home. 
He was working here in the States. What was he doing? He's a goldsmith. Oh, wow. Jewelry. He makes jewelry. And just uh, just came across and would work in California for a while and come back? or No, he... By that time, when I was that, that age, he was already living in the States, and he was trying to get us green cards. Oh, bring you guys up. Yeah. So, by 17, that's when I got my green card. Through your dad. Yeah, and then he brought us here. To California. To California. To uh, Imperial County, it's called. Where's that at? L.A.? By San Diego. Oh. That's, that's just further down. <coughs> yeah. Just right across. Right at, tied to the border. Mexicali is my hometown, Baja, and then Imperial County is tied to the border to that. So we moved there, and then uh, I kept partying for a little bit, and after, when I got out of high, uh, right after high school, I had my Did first Did you speak English son. when you came to America? I understood English from, I always liked music and watching TV movies and all that in English. Like where I live at, since it's a border town, we used to get like five Mexican channels and like five American channels. So it's like you had cable, but you, you know, it's just the recipient right there. So you get both. What was one of the shows you would watch that you learned a lot of English from? The Simpsons. Ah! The Simpsons. But I was learning before that because I remember right. watching the Saturday morning cartoons in English, you know, and. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all that good shit. Nice. But yeah, the Simpsons was my shit. And then I got a little older, so I start, I was a little cholo, so I started like watching just little gangster movies, you know, in English and shit. There was a cannabis classic. There was Hemp Fest. There was the Green Spring 420 event in Wasilla mm-hmm. at Settlers Bay Golf Course. I do remember. And then there was a High Times event also at Settlers Bay Golf Course. And that is significant because some people have said, well, it's it's real it's real strange that the events that Mr. Emmett didn't support or his company didn't sponsor got fined, and the ones that he did didn't get fined. I think what is convenient for some of these people is just they don't really look at it objectively. It's like, okay, you come to me as a successful businessman and you ask me to sponsor your event. Put my name on your event. I'm going to want to know about your event. What kind of security measures are you taking? Do you plan to follow the rules? Because I've got a recognizable brand. I've got a seat on the marijuana control board. I mean, you see what can happen when just pictures come out of maybe breaking the rules. If if you're actually, your name is tied to breaking the rules, that could be really bad. And and so I've known Corey for a long time. The the guy, he just refuses to do anything other than Corey's way. And and I wasn't asked to sponsor Cannabis Classic. He, He doesn't like me that much. But we knew that... That the the venue was going to to have on site consumption, and that there weren't measures in place to to prevent that because there's there are every single bar in this state has people smoking weed outside of it or even inside of it on the weekends. The difference is though having security and saying. Hey guys, this is still illegal. We cannot condone this. I'm gonna have to tell you, you can't smoke. Now, are the police gonna be there, making sure that the bouncers are cracking skulls for smoking cannabis? No. Like we just said in the, the previous bit of the discussion, the police just look the other way. Right. As long as you're not being an idiot, blowing in their face. Exactly. And so it's on the organizer. And so events like the Canada Classic and like. Hempfest that we decided not to sponsor, it was because we knew they couldn't show us a plan that they were going to be able to reasonably claim that they were not breaking the rules. There was no policy established. Exactly. Yeah. And so (laughs) whether it's enforced or not, it wasn't written down in those. That's right. Whether it's enforced or not, it wasn't written down. It's as simple as that. And Something that got these guys into hot water was they actually advertised consumption. They had pictures and video of the, if not the event organizers, of parts of the event that could most definitely be policed by the organizers. 
people openly consuming. Now, the Green Spring event, which happened at Settlers Bay Golf Course, which I want to thank those guys for. They are awesome. And High Times, there was signs up everywhere. No public consumption. There weren't any smoking booths or whatever that were actually sponsored by either High Times or Green Spring. And they had security walking around. And people were being too blatant you know, with it. Like, Smoking next to security camera, smoking next to the al- where the alcohol venue was, and said, "Hey guys, you're not supposed to do that." And so those are the kind of events that that we were able to latch onto and sponsor because, yeah, maybe the police would would come there and give people some hundred dollar fines, but they were doing the best they could to reasonably comply with unreasonable regulations. And and I think that's something that's gotten lost in this conversation is that at every opportunity that I've had as a board member, I've spoke for the need for on-site consumption. I've spoke for the hypocrisy of being able to have venues where you drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes. They're like a hypocrisizer. But you cannot consume marijuana. I, I even said that fundamentally I disagreed with these organizations getting fines. And here is is the the, the, the big pin that holds this issue together that, again, I, I think a lot of these people that have criticized my decisions didn't realize was that politics always come into play when you're making policy, board politics. As a board member, I'm compelled to enforce the rules as written, even if I disagree with those rules. And so if I would have said nothing and just opposed the rest of the board and voted no on the fines, the original fines that were proposed for both Canna Classic and for Hempfest, they would have gotten way bigger fines. And so the politics of that decision was the industry guy takes it on the nose and he's the one that proposes the fines, but those fines are reduced and he's the one that gives the little lecture, even though it's bullshit, all right? That's the politics and that sucks. But I was willing to do that. I was willing to get slammed no, you did. Oh, I did. I got run through the fucking ringer, man. But I'm okay with that because I know that even though Corey and Nikki hate my guts, if I would have stood by and done nothing, or if I would have rattled my saber and told the rest of my board members they were completely <laughs> wrong, that these rules are bullshit, and voted against it, it would have either been a 4-1 or a 3-2, and they would have gotten the full force of the fines. Why were those events fined and the other ones weren't? Just because, what was the key that made it? Because those those other two events didn't get violations. Oh, it was based on violation. It was based on violation because the, the board was able to, or the enforcement was able to argue to the board that those two events broke the rules by sponsoring public consumption. Did they try to get... The High Times and the the other one at Green Springs? The cops don't talk to the board until they bring them something, you know? Mm-hmm. So we didn't know. But there was rumor that there were enforcement officers at both. But the enforcement officers aren't going to to go and write $100 tickets, even them. And so so this is something that was leaked to me. There's a rumor that, that there was some direction for members of AMCO to go and and actually write $100 tickets. At the High Times event. At the High Times. But they, they didn't. They now, may have went, but no tickets were They written. may have went, but no tickets were, were written and no, and no violations were given to the organizers <laughs> of those two events. Chena Cannabis. North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway as you're hitting the lakes this summer or about this trip on the way out of town. Stock up on those special in-house strains. Taffy, sourdough, fruity pebbles, boost banner, green crack. Always a $5 pre-roll and special and $10 grams. Concentrates, buy good cannabis, good titrations, edibles, AK Frost, good cannabis gummies. 
Head on over to Chena Canvas. Check out the full menu on Leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., 9 p.m., Sunday, noon to 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. I thought you were going to say no one to fold them. That's not Garth Brooks. <laughs> That's Kenny Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> so I see that now. But um, that idea that, yes, this is a horrible, horrible decision. And I'm not yeah. going to open that because I see, oh, there's the two doors. I see if I do the horrible decision. Well, this is a better decision. I'm going to go through here. But what if right past that, that awful decision is the best thing that ever happened to you? Yeah. So wait, which one's the awful one? Which one's the awful one that leads to the best thing ever? You mean doing the wrong thing? Yes. So like, the, so like choosing Twinkies leads you to the best thing ever? Because maybe that, may, yes, maybe because your timeline, you had to get Twinkies on this day and you meet someone or okay. you have okay. some. I see. So like <laughs> you were watching Dance Moms and they referenced something that like, you knew you had some epiphany how to connect to someone you met later that day. And you're like, I know what you're talking about. Cause I watched dance moms. You never know. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're, ha- I see what you're saying, but actually, you know, as much as I think that we would like to believe in fate in that way, I think it's a little bit of a gambler's lust. I mean, sure. You can gamble on a lot of those things, but if we're keeping it real, what happens with a little bit of planning and discipline and, and thought and restraint? I mean, great things, right? Great things obviously come from those things. And then I think that you just have to... The best, play, what, best played plans of mice and men or something. The best laid plans of mice and men. Yeah, the best... Yeah, the, something. The best paid plans of, um, of mice and men. I was almost going to say of like lice and hens and I was like, no, that's too much. Stop. Stop saying it back differently already. But yeah, sure. You can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't plan the weather. That's Steinbeck's, um, Andre 3000 of Outcast. Mm. Same, kind of the same thing. That's also kind of weird and doesn't make sense, but, um, sure. That's, that's one thing, but I don't totally believe in that as much as I believe in making a choice about how I want my attitude to be when I encounter things. Well, and it's you taking intention. Yeah, I think those things, I mean, all the people who formed this world, they weren't like internet trolls with zero scruples and zero ethics and hadn't read any books and didn't care about things. No, those guys, they, like, they all rode horses they shot and cleaned guns. They built bars. You're talking like founders? Anyone. Anyone from that time. They had so many more skills than the average person today because you had to. And they also mm. knew you can't just sit around and be your way out of anything. you got to make things. And you have to make plans. And you have to make decisions. And not like every decision that ever gets made is the best one. But I think that all the best things do happen when you um, decide to do things. And that's putting it a bit simply, but it's something like that anyway. No, I think so too. Take, yeah. Taking action, doing something in life instead of sitting and watching it go by. Yeah, and just having all these feelings and feelings and feelings and feelings and doing nothing about it whatsoever. Not doing anything about anything. You're not even like trying to like, this sounds like stupid, like, you're not supposed to try to change your friends. They're supposed to be whoever they can be. But no, you should, I, I try to change my friends. I try to change every single person I meet for the better, you know, like I try to be helpful and be a reservoir of knowledge and, and to be considerate and uplifting and things like that. And I'm trying to change everybody in that way. And I think it's very important instead of just like 
hiding, literally hiding inside your brain all day, hiding inside your feelings and behind them and ne- never doing anything. I mean, maybe you like go somewhere and you drink and someone's like, how you doing? And you're like, okay, yeah, pretty good. It was okay. Like just, it's just nothing day in and day out. But I don't know. This, this sounds very critical with people now all of a sudden, but the, the thing is, I just think that there's so much more you can do in a day than peep than you think. And a lot of it's just by making decisions and choosing to interact with people and things a little bit more intentionally. And I think that big things happen when you start taking responsibility for those sorts of things. Yeah, it's a pretty cool way to learn facts, just piggybacking music. If you're musically inclined, it's a great way to have to layer knowledge in your brain. I mean, I feel like ABCs, people, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah, I feel like people just are musically inclined. I feel like it's more rare if somebody has an, an aversion to music or like an inability to hear melody or be inspired or influenced by melody is more rare than like the common natural way of, I think, that people just are influenced by music and hear things in rhythm. Like if you hear a repetitive sound, automatically you start to think of it as a rhythm, like the pattern, your brain starts to patternize it. I think that brain likes pattern and it makes sound into pattern and part of that becomes music. How can some people not feel the beat? They feel the beat, but how can people not stay on the beat or react to the beat at the same time? How can people not stay in time? Yeah, you know, I notice whenever I have, whenever I've had trouble being in time, it's because I'm thinking about it instead of feeling about it. Like if I let my body be influenced rather than trying to like keep my mind influenced, like trying to keep my mind on the time, it's like my brain's always going to be however long it takes me to think behind the beat. Oh, so you're getting behind if I just start thinking it? Right. Whereas if you're just feeling it, like uh, you see a little baby. You hear like the, some music comes on and baby just starts, you know, just automatically just in time. Because the baby's not thinking, what's that music that's making me want to move my little butt? It's just moving. I played in an uh, acoustic band one time. Two acoustic guitars, conga set, and acoustic bass. And we were in a coffee shop playing. And that baby, there was a baby that stood up on the table and started dancing. And that's when I, I knew, yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, at that moment, that baby. Where's comedy coming? Where doesn't it? Well, for you, always a stand-up comic. Yeah, comedy has been like my uh, one of the ways that I think. I think a lot of like young kids who find themselves wanting to perform, like uh, a lot of them will find a way to make people laugh, and making people laugh gives you uh, a sense of like belonging. And you know, my mom loved my jokes, and so I've always had a real sense of like wanting to do that. And then my sister, my older sister actually like, uh, would never laugh at anything. She like made a point not to laugh. And then later in life, she told me, she was like, Levi, I was like, after I'd like done the green room comedy club and you know, she had like come and seen it. And she was like, I'm really sorry. I really thought you were really funny. And I just didn't want to laugh because I didn't want to give you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was really, really hard for me not to laugh sometimes, oh, and I didn't laugh. <laughs> Just to give you the satisfaction of it. Yeah, yeah. Always, that is, it's making people, when you can make someone laugh, the reaction you get from people is, is quite a, a feeling. It's the exact opposite of social exile, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It feels like total belonging. Fun. When do you decide to join the Marines? What happens? Uh, so, in Philadelphia, we're really 9/11? close to... 9 Yeah, we're real oh, close shit. to 9 11. Uh, we're really close to New York. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a 45-minute drive, or 45-minute flight. I still remember uh, one of my best friends, Amy Slutsky. Her mom worked in the, in the towers, and she just so happened to be in uh, Chicago. I remember... I was I was I snuck out my high school to smoke a cigarette and her dad picked her up and she was walking out as I was walking in. <laughs> and, uh, and to tell um, her that 
World Trade Center just Oh yeah, no, we we uh, I was in eleventh grade electronics course, uh, Mr. Clark's class at Council Rock North in Newtown, Pennsylvania, and it happened. And Mr. Clark was like, eh, "It's been it's been lines," and at that point, I had no idea and terrorism. And that's actually a thing. People would actually blow themselves up. But yeah, so. I, um, it, it solidified what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I always, I grew up wanting to be a five-star general, stuff like that, you know. Just be the best. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, that, that was it, and that's why I joined the Marine Corps. I didn't even know there was other jobs in the Marine Corps other than combat infantry. But I wouldn't know necessarily that either. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the Marine Corps is actually one of the most, uh, diverse departments of defense departments and out of the rest of them. The Marine Corps is self-sustaining. It's the only uh, department that the president can literally send us in without the okay of uh, Senate for 30 days. Only the Marines. Only the Marine Corps. I, I, I didn't well, know and, that was... And, and, and SF, where you can't... I mean, like, the JSOC, SOCOM stuff. That's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> I don't know. You're... So it's a seal, the seal. Yeah, I knew he could it. send military, but I yeah. didn't know that it was yeah, that specific, specific force. Specifically, a conventional force, the only conventional force that the, that the president can send in. Without and, Congress. Yeah, without Congress. He's got 30 days to do whatever the hell he wants to, and man, I shouldn't be telling him this right now, because you know, I'm sure he's going to be listening. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, with you on it, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I just wanted a challenge again. I wanted more challenge. Uh, that was in 11th grade. You're, uh, so September 11th, you you start in 11th grade. And yeah. you wanted to join the Marines, so you had two more years going through school. And yeah, yeah. I, I ended up joining the Marine Corps before I turned 18, before I got out of college, uh, high school. Because they do a uh, delayed entry program, which the recruiters help train you in order to be... Uh, better prepared for boot camp. A Marine Corps boot camp is by far, hands down, the toughest military basic training in, in the country. So I was on Paris Island. What says that? Why do you say that? Just because you know facts or how? Oh, oh what yeah, makes no facts. Okay, so the Marine Corps boot camp is three or four weeks longer than any other branch. I think the Army is nine weeks. The Marine Corps is 13 weeks. We didn't have stress cards. I think they have stress cards now. So like, and that was picked up by the Air Force and the Army for a while. What's the stress? I never heard of. Hey, you pull this card out and said, "I'm stressed out," and you get a timeout. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I left the Marine Corps. In um, like it just only in basic training, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, but there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, this is jump back again. <laughs> uh, but yes, okay. So the Marine Corps basic training. It's wildly different than, than everybody else's uh, stuff. I mean, it's literally you're breaking you down and building you back up, screaming. At, there is no love whatsoever except for these, like, once in a blue moon, your senior drill instructor comes in, sits you down, and and asks you a question like you're, you're the 60 of you are actually human beings. You know? <laughs> as soon as he stands up, five minutes later, you're back in the van piece of shit, you know? You are not worthy of this world. Um, and that's what they tell you. They tell you that uh, you're nothing if you can't work as a team element, a unit. That had to be hard because you seem to be more alpha-ish. Oh, absolutely. But so, I, I, pick and, I pick and choose my battles. So. <laughs> and you're on a good team then, right? Oh, so oh yeah. No, you know, I mean, you're doing your job. They, they instill this... You are so entrusting in your instructors, your, your drill instructors. They are gods to you. Dude, you're doing some dangerous shit, right? So you're sitting there thinking, they're not going to let me die. Yeah, they're, I mean, or, I mean, it's literally the mission of a Marine Corps rifleman is to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver and repel the enemy's assault by fire and close combat. And that's we had our weapons on us at all times. Like we had M16s on us within within arm distance at all times. Past phase one boot camp, all the way up till through uh, through infantry school. 
Every Marine's a rifleman. The, it doesn't matter if you're a company, if you're a clerk, or you're going to school to, you're going uh, into the Marine Corps to be Motor T. You still go to one of our infantry schools and get a a basic knowledge of combat, and and, that, and that's what it is. Every Marine has to shoot at the 200, 300, and 500 yard line on the on the uh, rifle range. When I went through, it was no scopes. It was literally just putting this little a little post in the middle of the circle and hoping you hit this one foot target at 500 yards. So when I realized I'm much better at directing people than directing my my bullets. You know, <laughs> I learned really quick that I need to I need to really. Uh, Know uh, know the the job above me because I'm much better at uh, delegating uh, what to do than than, uh, than actually doing it. Plus, I'm lazy as hell. Staying, <laughs> you being able to stay calm in conflict. Oh yeah, no, I, I am very good at that. Maybe it's because I, I am the oldest child. And I'm always, I guess, I, I've always been told I'm too serious for uh, for the situation stuff like that. And it's not that I'm always on guard, but I'm always looking out for whoever I'm with, you know. It's like, uh, like last night I was I was DD for a couple people. Last night, you know, I I love I love having a few having a few drinks, but I'd rather make sure my, my friends get home safely than than uh, you know get drunk or something. It's, I uh, <clears throat> yeah. I'm a sucker for anything lemon, and when you hear strains called lemon, which yours does, your super lemon haze, really lemony. G13, I wouldn't expect that, but I wouldn't know. I don't know it. But yeah, that's the first time I think I've actually... It's connoisseur weed. Now, I don't know about your other stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everything. Because when you grow something for a long time, it's the same thing in the legal market. When you grow at your house for personal use, you choose to grow things consistently for a long period of time. Like, how long have you been growing G13? Well, I, I won't say newer strings, but only maybe a year and a half. So, and you continue to grow. Years. Oh, I love variety. What's the one you've been great? Maybe the longest one you've been growing? Blueberry. Blueberry. That's the oldest one. Yep. Does that have uh, Fairbanks roots? Delta. So old timers listening would know it by just blueberry, just Delta blueberry or something. Yep. Delta blueberry. Delta blueberry. It smells like blackberry, blueberry. raspberry. It smells like the blueberry when I first moved Great to Alaska. Paint. Just because you fucking called him a son of a bitch or something. Right. That's all it took. You called my mom what? That's all it took, man. Things have changed. Well, what's now? Now you can say whatever the fuck you want. You oh. can be a douche and be just fine. Nobody's going to back it up. I just hope nobody ever really flips my switch again. Because I think about it now, you know. Back in the day, it was one thing to punch somebody in the fucking nose. Nowadays, half the world's going to call the cops on you. Because that's the life that I lived, you know. We lived in a life where the people that I dealt with wouldn't call the cops. Yeah, you've realized so you said something shit, fucking stupid. When it was fucking shit went down, it went down, and fucking that was it. It got dealt with. Nowadays, fucking every bitch would call the cop. I don't care who the fuck they are. Lay on the floor for a while screaming, saying I'm calling the police. Yeah. So you. So that's part of the change, where I'm glad that I've gone into the legal world and shit. Safer. Yeah, I just don't have to be what I was. I don't know if it's safer. Yeah, definitely safer. Maybe. Why? Yeah, I suppose. Nothing's changed. I'm not a smartass to people, so I'm not worried about it. All right, Maybe. I guess. I guess individual interactions are, are the same, right? I mean, but you're not showing up with. Pounds of weed and guns and I'm kind of disappointed in the dollars. fact that a lot of the people that have ventured into the legal market have gone so fucking cutthroat. Like become too businessy? Yeah. Like, what happened to the comrade? Forgot what we started for. I mean, exactly. We're all in this together, man. You can make your business better just like I can make my business better by cooperating. We can set this standard where just like our business is doing, man. Our boss 
pays better prices to some people than what they're getting anywhere else just because of what they have. Just because, I don't know, I don't want to go too much into that, but it's really, it's nice to see that the people I work for, as he puts it, he's got this pie sitting in front of him. All he wants is his piece. He's got a whole rest of a pie that he can share with the people around him. Right. And I am very fortunate to be here. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Um, Coming on as sponsors of the show. I couldn't be happier. Alaskan Blues. The quality, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I listen to a lot of these, a lot of people, they're true to a degree, like the craft growers, oh, craft growers are all this, I'm going to tell you right now, dude, you can take anything I'm growing in my filled facility and match it up with your fucking craft growing shit, and it ain't no worse, I'll guarantee it. It's just, it's a, it's marketing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And and I know some of these craft growers. And that's why, dude, I haven't. They're limited cultivations, right? They do a great job. Don't take me wrong. There are some great jobs being done out there on people, but it's the when you're focusing on two or three or four strains, that ain't tough, dude. You better be able to fucking zero them in. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with 90-plus strains and you're growing them all together and you're zeroing them in, give me a break. You guys are growing 90 strains? At least. We've got more than that, probably. I know we have 90 active mothers, at least. Everything. We're just... The quality of the strains that we have, it's like, you know, a few people have like one or two or three or four strains at the most that they're known for, like Snowcapped. Well, they got Bowser, they got fucking Mac, they got a couple of crossbreeds now mm-hmm. that they're starting. What else do they got? Nothing. Jesus Christ, dude, I can name off 30 fucking strains that are fucking amazing strains that we're running. And I'm talking, those are the amazing ones that I like. And there's a lot of other great shit there. Well, no, no. <laughs> Three piece of advice. Do not ever self-report. You do not yeah. ever do that. Yeah, there you go. There's never always something there. You've never done, you didn't do anything wrong, so why self-report? That's because right. the first thing that they say is, oh, <coughs> you just schooled us on something and here's your fine. Right. Thanks for telling us, right? Yeah, you don't ever self-report. Right. Yeah, right? it's Figure such that it's, 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 it's not up. super. My number's in the book. I'll give you my advice. <laughs> To, to have a, a group that's in charge of you that's not even out for your own best interest. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be like uh, like a, a leadership. You know what I mean? Like, here's your guidelines to help you so you don't fuck yourself or screw everything all up. And if things go wrong somewhere along the lines, like, we'll straighten you out. Like, somebody's doing something super corrupt, by all means, they should be fine then. Like, you know, that should be a thing. But, <laughs> but like for simple honest You're mistakes, doing super corrupt shit. For, okay. for simple honest mistakes over, over small shit. things, like yeah, come on, and like, right? And yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of things, honestly, that need to change in this industry. Well, just that um, that good titrations took a took a hit from. The perception. Yeah. You know, that, I, mean, I don't mind talking on the, the record about that. Yeah, that Brandon... <laughs> what would happen with that? He, he's on the MC... The CCB, I like to call it, the Cannabis Control Board. Mm-hmm. And there was some... He had said that his his largest competitor was black market. Mm-hmm. I think in the perception of the cannabis community in Alaska, that's where it stopped. People, They heard that. Yep. And they heard... The next sentence was something about working with Amco, mm-hmm. yep. and then it gets muddy. Yeah, everyone just like boom immediately has the whole red flag in front of their face. Rage, what the hell just happened? Well, you think years. narc? You think uh, a lot of us in this culture now come? F- well, we we talked before, so it was illegal before. Yeah, 
we bought it illegally. Um, some of us grew it illegally. Yep. And now we're in this place where some of us have businesses and some of us don't. Some of us are su- successful and some of us aren't. Yeah. And the one you guys are one of the tops. Yep. So then when you hear that and it's easy, it's easy to attack the top. Yep. From any position, any when anyone's at the top, no matter in any. Yeah, I, mean, I hate the New England Patriots. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what? When he said that, that a lot of people immediately jump to it, whether they're in just yeah. nor can have a bad impression of good titration. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, everyone immediately had a gut reaction to that and saying, "Oh." called the cops or narked me out like we never like would ever rat on anybody at all in particular we're just saying hey look at this like you know if if i bought an alcohol license do you enforce bootlegging oh you do right you know i I can't go and like make a whole bathtub of gin and start selling it on a regular basis and that is where it became kind of a an issue and also choosing wording carefully probably could have been done a little better by like the term saying working with enforcement like the situation was that we had just gotten asked from enforcement to provide them videos and stuff like that like they come to us at any given moment and say hey we need this information or we need this give me all your visitor logs or give me these it's like oh shit okay yeah i have to yeah we have to but the, that's the whole thing. We're, like, we're here to work with you. Like, we're not here to like have you just be our our people that will come and whip us and pin us to a cross. Like, like we're here to work together. And, but like, I didn't sign on. I and mean, anybody that has these businesses, I didn't. We didn't sign on to just have a microscope shoved up our ass all the time, and that I'm paying five thousand dollars a year to just be like caught get in novs oh and to self-report everything i find oh hey let me call you up so you can give me an nov who in the fuck does that like why would you like are you kidding me no Mm -hmm. so like the idea of like that is just crazy to me and so like the idea is that yeah okay if we're gonna have a license it's to protect it for this and we like all of us were in the black market operation before right like everyone has had their own foray and dabbling in it and then we agreed Hey, we're going to go to this system. We're going to say, we're going to get out there and fight for signatures and get voters to go out and vote for this. And we're going to set up this regulatory structure so we can get licenses and stuff, of which Alaska has one of the loosest ones. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny when I, I <laughs> one of my favorite things, the hypocrisy of the world, right, is the folks that are on ACR. That's you, Adam, and Sean. <laughs> Um, is the fact that you guys sit here and hearken and press for testing, for pesticides and more regulations and tighter controls and higher restrictions, yet don't mind the black market being there. That's the thing. You want all these restrictions and regulations, then you should just want to join the foray of the regulations and these licenses. So to me, everyone, everyone, the entire state, all law enforcement, everybody turned a blind eye. For years, like a first couple of years. Here you go. We're going to look away. You magically got plants into your system. Whoa, cool. That's We're not going to ask any questions. We're not asking questions. They got there in the first place. They're good. Y'all are going to be above board. Cool. So all people that fought and drove for this to be able to be legal and licensed, we should go and then go be legal and licensed and follow those rules. And his reaction to the way that he talked about going after people that are in the black market, it's not... It's not people in, like, no one cares that you grow six plants in your house or 10 or 15 or whatever. You know, like, have some and you give some to some friends. That shit isn't going to make a massive difference. No. It's the people that ship in Oregon weed or, and it's less weed. That's why the concentrate companies, manufacturers, are the ones that are fighting more with black market operators than actual cultivators who cultivators have our time just producing enough weed for the whole market, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest one is the ones where A, concentrates are by nature concentrated, right? So I can put like a whole pound of a slab of a concentrate into a very small package and send it very easily. Right. Is so do you know that a lot of it's is it coming in that way? Like a lot of um yeah, funny story, actually. So anyway, I'll get to it in just a second, though. But like, the idea is that, okay, you have black market operators and other people, and even legal market operators in Oregon where you can't even freaking move your stuff. 
I'm going to go sell it to other people in any which way you can. Mm-hmm. But down in there, lower 48, and the sun's growing all your plants and all these things have no major cost to them to have it. And then you just concentrate it down so you can sell it at a much cheaper price. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, the economic angle is always going to be there. <laughs> but so you can have a concentrated, you know, you can get slabs of concentrate for super cheap online and just have it shipped up from Oregon to California or Colorado. Super easy. And it's really easy to do. So that's where the biggest factor comes in for our company. It's not that like, and it's all an economics game. That's the really, the reality of the matter. So yeah, you can have that shit come in here super cheap and being shipped up. And so people can sell it in the black market very easily. Hi Fairbanks. This is Marcy with Alaskan Blooms. Hey, I wanted to tell you guys about our awesome new Indica that's in the store now. Look for Trunk Funk. Its genetics are by the Shits Legits out of Fairbanks, and the parenting plants are Dosey Dough and White Tahoe Cookies. If you like the flavor and aroma of our Grease Monkey, this is Grease Monkey's big brother. This is a powerful Indica, so much so that you're going to want to go a little bit slow with this one. Check it out, Fairbanks. I know you're going to love it. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. for so many people's rights and they just don't even know. I mean, how many times did you read his signs as you drove past him on the bridge? Man, let's put it out there. I could say it. 500 times I've probably seen him standing somewhere with a sign somewhere. Wow. That's when I met him. I met him walking across the Cushman Street Bridge with a sign. I had my own sign. What's that? his teeth out at you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He would do that to judge. That was, I was the, able second, to that was the first time team, I met him. By the way, I, I was able to retrieve him, man. Pick him up tomorrow, man. They were mm-hmm. lost for a couple of days, but they... Those dude, those almost going to a museum. I'm telling you. Trying to figure out what to do with them, dude. He's known as Wolfman. He'd do that Wolfman look with those teeth. I got a picture of him sitting next to Terry when Terry <laughs> was passed out in my driveway. I don't know if you know Terry. He's a friend of mine. He never drinks. Had a bad yeah, day, yeah, yeah, I do. Get drunk. You might have known. I him. think I, did. I think you told him. Is he was he at the fourth your four twenty gather? Probably. See, that's one of those things, man, that we mentioned before. But when when you don't spend much time with your dad, and you're able to spend a little time with him when you're with your your grandma and these people you see every 10, 15 years, and every picture he's flashing those fucking teeth, man, gets <laughs> a little annoying, dude. I mean, I got more. I mean, I have good pictures of my father with a normal smile. You know what I mean, but. There's a lot with those teeth, multiple faces. Oh, yeah. I'm so sure you've seen them. Well, I, I'm feeling this telling me. I'm love them. I mean, I'm, like I said, We've got this thought up. of, you know, we look at him, He's he was our friend, and we look at him blasting his teeth like that and think it's funny or it's not the right place for this here, Frank, and he didn't care. Or, yeah. But he was your dad. Yeah. A lot of that, even the most normal dad, you're embarrassed of. Yep. And what he's doing. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, he did that with a handful. It's hard to deal with, but I mean, like I was telling you before, he, he was pretty much an absent, absent dad. So then when From how early? Oh, uh, four years old. That's when From your my life, mom and him split? Three or four. Yeah, yeah early yeah. So My dad was never around. He was either in prison or he, was, he moved to Fairbanks in 82. And he was, um, I don't want to say protesting, but he was, you know, doing his thing. How you guys
we're getting way off topic here. But no, we're talking about the show and what you bring yeah, to the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just want to, you know, understand people, discover new things, discover what what's happening, understand people's struggles. I know there's a lot of, you know, talk about what the MCB is doing, what the AMCA is doing, all these taxes, all these regulations, a lot of overreach, a lot of oversight, and, you know... I think some of it may be necessary, maybe some of it's too redundant, maybe some of it's too repetitive. You know, and I'm I'm not an expert on that, so that's why I pretty much ask people who are in the industry, because I'm curious to know, and I believe that some of my listeners are curious to know as well. So there's a lot of stuff that I like to say on a radio show, but then again, I'm there for the listener. So how do people get in touch with you? Huh? How do how do listeners get in touch with you? A lot of them, you know, are just people that want to do the radio show that are just, you know, I have a lot of people that, that you know, and then there are some that I see that, you know, hey, you know, that I feel like, you know, maybe it would be a good opportunity to talk about this and have some of the listeners understand what you're going through, you know, especially with like, you know, the Fairbates Cup is when it's coming up and them getting batted down for the on-site consumption. I mean, that's a pretty big deal for them, uh, you know, and I I feel like uh, that their story needs to be heard and, and you know, that's why I'm there, basically. I, it's it, awesome. It, it's, so it's not about me. It's not about the buzz. More or less, it's about them. The way that it works in the group is that uh, in the dudes, like they said they wanted to be in the dudes or whatever. So basically the way that it works, or I mean, it's kind of changed a little bit, but it's been this way for a while. This is like, so that's this thing here with all the the crap. Yep, exactly. I've seen the tattoos on the Yeah. Yeah. So the way it works is if somebody wants somebody to be in the group, you know what I mean? Then they'll drop the name in there and be like, hey, what do you guys think about adding this person to the group? And generally, everyone in the group gets input, but only the admins, <coughs> five admins, only the admins really have a yes or no vote, you know what I mean, to say whether a, or not that person. Does it come down to a vote? Like, <laughs> like if there's a real unanimous yes or no, then it's real easy. But if the group input is real split, like pretty close... Then it'll basically come down to the admins deciding, you know, it's a, like a three out of five or whatever. And how, yeah, how would, because you guys don't know? Who? Doughboy and Yeti. <laughs> yeah, none of the admins know them. Right. So how, so I would guess it's the a, of the black a no. We would, well, we would probably just sit, and I mean, I'll, I'll be 100% with uh, the admins. It's basically, there's like a. Almost two always no's and almost two always yeses. So it's like so I'm the usually f- the tie. <laughs> so yeah, That's good. I don't know. Like you're, you're I nice, usually right? just base it off of the comments. Really, you know what I mean? If it's like <coughs> something really bad, I guess I would probably be more inclined to say no. But <laughs> fair enough. He goes, "Would you sign this thing?" He goes, "So we can get enough." Petitions, he goes to get marijuana on there for a vote. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, sign it, yeah, yeah, you know. And then I turned around, the guy's walking out. I was like, hey man, you, you should sign this, you know, <laughs> like handing the board off for the guy. And it came around, and we we voted. I remember I like stayed up as much as I could, and they went, they didn't give any answer, and I, I fell asleep. But I get up at four o'clock every morning. I got up at four o'clock, and I'm on the news, and I'm looking and. We passed. I mean, it wasn't that close. It wasn't that wide of a margin. No, no, it was close. And forty-two or something. But we did it, right? I know. That's great. That set into motion because this is the kind of person I am. Four o'clock in the morning, I find out we passed. I drive into work, and I was always there an hour or so before people, and you know, kind of set in the shop and just try to get my wits about me for what's happening during the day. And Gene comes in an hour before everybody, so we get a chance to talk. Gene comes in and I said, I want to have this discussion like first thing before anybody's here. I said, right now I'm giving you my two-year notice. And he goes, what do you mean two-year notice? And I said, well, I said, they passed legalization of recreational marijuana last night. And I 
and we're gonna start to grow. <laughs> like this is, I'm telling you, it's gonna take me a couple of years to do it. So I'll work free for the next two years. But over the next two years, we need to train somebody to take my place because I'm gonna do this. It went back and forth for like about three weeks. You know, every once in a while, Gene would say something. I would answer his question. You know, he's very inquisitive. And uh, one day he goes, do you think I should get me one of them there permits? <laughs> this is just what he said. Should I get me one of them there permits if I want to make me some money? And I said, yeah, I would recommend it, you know. You know, well, how do I do it? And I said, well, I said, look, I know how to do it. And I can show you that and get your stuff, I said. And then maybe you can. I've never ever been able to save money. I tell you, it has no value to me. It's I can't. Money is, has no value. It's just a means to get the next thing, right? And uh, I told Gina, I said, maybe you could put my money up for my permit. And I could show you how to do it in your building, you know, and then I'll pay you back. That turned into, let's just do one permit. And I got a building. You know how to do it. We'll do the permit. And then uh, about two months later, you know, because the whole time I'm telling Gina, keep it quiet because... Yes, we legalized it, but still at that point, people, more than two people having a conversation is conspiracy, right? And a charge. And you know all those meetings in the beginning, looking around and going, oh man, there's Colette. Right. Oh shit, there's uh, right. Davis. Yeah. Oh shit, there's what, what are they doing? Ferrari. Yeah. Why are they, you know, trying to be in low chill about him and, and Gene goes, so I gotta tell you this, you know, he's always, you've met Gene. No. I no, you've never so. met Gene? No. You have to meet Gene. So... Happiest guy you'll ever meet. He'd take the shirt right off his back and give it to you. He's an amazing, amazing man. Full-blown MS. 73 years old. Two, yeah. 72. Goes every single day. Work as hard as any guy that I've ever, I've ever worked up against. You know, for like seven days a week, never stopping. Amazing. I idolize him. I hope when I get that age that I, I can still do that stuff and then I push as hard as I you know, because he's, he's just an amazing person. And uh, he goes, <clears throat> my daughter was flying up here. She this is summer 2015, then. Yeah. It she, actually, it was Christmas. Or, it was yeah. right after the vote. Like, okay. Christmas yeah. She was sitting on the plane next to a guy that sets up dispensaries. And and she knows she's... In Alaska? Going, no, no. No, I was I was flying up for Christmas because I lived just in California. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about moving, and I was always, whatever, but th I was coming up for Christmas. That was the bottom line of that. And the guy you sat next to set up dispensaries, or... And he was actually moving to the place that I lived, or the area, from New York, and we struck up a conversation in the bar in the airport, and I said, you realize there's a lot of farmers there, right? And he said, that's why I'm going there. <laughs> and then, then the rest is history. Right. I don't see any reason that should ever be used in in a cannabis cultivation. So it's found that it was used, or why? I mean, I don't know a hundred percent. I I saw the picture, or whatever. <laughs> of the, I mean, it was obviously there in the facility. Like there was a picture of it in the. Facility. Oh, I did not see that. There's other that. There's a picture on Facebook of. Uh, somebody holding a bottle of it and, and you can see it's inside the facility you know what I mean and it's like bam here's an eagle 20 so it's like are they I'm pretty sure that's probably what prompted was that the mole the spy or whatever that was showing pictures or was that just an, a dumb person taking a picture or something yeah I mean so I don't know about like a mole or a spy or anything <laughs> but <laughs> but it was uh, why did you take a picture of that yeah I th Oh, it's just probably, I don't know. probably blown away. You know what I mean? Like, holy oh. wow, look at this. You know what I mean? Look at what I have to fucking spray at work. Probably that picture, honestly, was probably taken initially to show some like somebody that he knew personally or something. You know what I mean? Like, look, at, the, look at this fucking crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, when you're working at the place, it's I don't know. You gotta do what your boss tells you. Right, you know, you know, it's uh, it's pretty tough. I know everybody likes to, you know, say play the what if game and oh if I did this or you know whatever. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I work for Ron too. You know what I mean? And like I, everybody's got their lines that they're. How'd that happen? The how did you? Or, um, how did you meet Ron? 
<laughs> I met Ron while I worked at Southside Garden Supply because he used to come in as a customer. Just come in talking mad shit and like, <laughs> yeah. Just like we see now? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not mad shit like in a bad way or anything. Just like, you know, he's no, just, just loud. Yeah, he's just a loud guy. And fucking, he would just come in talking about how he had this massive grow and fucking putting in big orders for all kinds of nutrients. And, and uh, yeah, he just basically poached me from Southside, came in and offered me a job. He knew how much I made there. He's and you said the right things to him back and figured you can do what you I mean, do. I think, yeah, he just. I just told him, we just talked about growing, you know what I mean? He just asked me a couple things about growing, and he knew that I was knew something about growing. Uh, Did he ask you to order equal 20? <laughs> <laughs> no, he he knew better than to ask me any dumb shit like that. But no, he, he fucking offered me a job, and I took it. It's Ron Bass, um, and uh, actually Moke's on three-way here, too. He called me and let me know that you're, you were using some of his pictures as your own, and you were saying you worked for Commonwealth, and this is right, something that I, I did not know. I saw his friend came from your email. It happened. Adam, uh, I'm trying to be as subtle as possible with you, bro. subtle as possible. You don't even know what subtle means. How do you want to handle this, bro? Um, Moke, uh, this is, you know, I don't know how you want to deal with this, but... Uh, I need to have this man back off, or I'm going to start. He's scared. Doing something. I don't know. I promise. So, um, well, go ahead. Leave a message or not. No, Adam. I said, buddy, uh, I don't. I don't like the public, the public bullshit. I was just, uh, you know, private message between you and I was between you and I. It's no one else's business. So, if you want to make it a bunch of business, then we can. All right, well, here's the deal, too, Adam. You signed a, a work agreement said that you can't be fucking around with a bunch of this bullshit. If you want, I can call the lawyer. If you think I'm full of shit, let's just do this. If you want to you wanna fight, you want to call 50 fucking people, I got that. I got 100. I got fucking 600. You think you're better than me, better than me? Come on with it, motherfucker. I'm right fucking here. I'm a soldier. You're a victim. Fuck off. You're a victim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a soldier. You're a victim. God, dude. Fuck off, bitch. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. Here's Token. Here's Token.